By the time you hear this podcast, you'll consider becoming a melon farmer. To by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Penn. And we're back with episode 93. This is the, uh, 93. We gotta do something for 100. We gotta yeah. figure, figure that out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Um, I don't know who wore 93 <laughs> as far as any athlete. And Dominican Zoo. I guess. Did he really? He used to wear that. He's a, he was a dirty player. I don't want to be associated with him. Um, <laughs> he stomps on people. <laughs> um, <clears throat> thank you to everyone who has listened and downloaded so far um, or watches on Facebook Live. We are not on Facebook Live, but we'll, we'll be on there some other time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's listened, downloaded so far. If you want to tell people where they where we can be found, we're on Facebook at By the Time You Hear This, spelled uh, with the word U Y O U. That is also displayed for our website, By the Time You Hear This uh, dot com. Got ahead of myself a little bit. Uh, by the time you hear this dot com. If you want to get with us on Instagram, we're there at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the letter U, because we're urban. Yes. We're back to being urban. I ain't hiding it no more, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't have to hide. Yes, we can we can go back to being urban, and that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail dot com, uh, you can send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. Also, uh, if you want to listen to us on the go, uh, where the, uh, if you're on the train. And you're trying to ignore that uh, that busker. The what? The busker. That is someone who is dancing or singing, and they have a hat out uh, trying to get money. some money. That's called a busker. Wow. So if you're trying Learned to avoid today. <laughs> trying to avoid that, or uh, if you work in an office and you have your earbuds in and you don't want Bill Lumberg walking up to you asking you to come in on Saturday. Um, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
You can listen to us in a variety of places. We're on Podomatic, of course. If you have an iPhone, we're on the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, we are on the Google Music app. That's where you find the podcast there. We are also on uh, TuneIn, CastBox, Overcast, uh, Auto Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, and any other aggregate podcast apps. Uh, we found one, Play.fm. That is an aggregate podcast app. We're on there. And um, if you want to search for, um, you know, find a search engine to look for podcasts that you'd like to listen to, you can find us on listennotes.com. Uh, there's a search engine for podcasts who give clear and concise podcasts and notes. On our last episode, we talked about unpopular music opinions. So if you type in unpopular opinion, you should see us come up. Uh, we also have a show we've done on Diane Warren, on K-pop, on Trevor Horn, on One Hit Wonders, and the movie Strata Compton, um, uh, a Depeche Mode documentary. Max Martin. Max Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Riley, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis, the new edition miniseries. Um, You're really going back here, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just you could search, you know, many different to black album Metallica. Metallica's black album. Yeah. Um, if you type in Fire Festival, <laughs> you might see <laughs> yeah. us come up a few times. Um, and the the term that we coined here on this very <laughs> podcast. The unchecked genius. Mm. So um, you can uh, go on listennotes.com and search different music topics and you may see us come up. All right. So we have a guest on this episode. He is a return guest. I believe the last time he was here, we talked about the Grammys. Yeah. Mm, okay. And uh, couldn't remember. I have a horrible memory. We, uh, we predict, made some predictions about the Grammys. And he is back here. So from the Switched Out podcast, we have Jay. What's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. Ooh, yeah. Glad to be back. <laughs> you guys good doing all right? Back. Yeah. Doing pretty good, man. <laughs> so uh, Jay is um, also uh, now no longer the sixth man on the Sports <laughs> Roundtable. He is in the starting lineup. Oh! <laughs> um, I don't know what position you play. I don't know if you're the you know a shooting guard or uh, yeah. What if he likes bat- what if he likes baseball? What if he's like I'm the catcher now or I'm a pit- yeah? Okay. He's in the rotation. He's the ace. I don't. I don't no, I'm. I'm going to stop. No, <laughs> I'm just. I'm. I'm okay collecting a check. I don't get a check, but <laughs> I would be happy being the guy on the bench that points and waves, passes out Gatorade. But you, you got to go in the game now, though. Yeah, you're right. I do. Here's a towel. <laughs> yeah, I'm the foul guy. I just <laughs> just take fouls. Oh God. I got six fouls and I'm going to use them. Right. <laughs> uh, it was good to have you back. Um, one thing that we like to ask um, our our guests that we're going to start asking. Yeah, you started doing it recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are what are you listening to? You listen to podcasts. You listen to music. Um, what what have you been listening to um, on your commute or while you're at work or whatever? Oh, but lately I haven't had the chance to dig into anything really. Deeply, as deep as I would like to, but a few things that I ha- have checked out: um, the internet, their new album. What's the mm, name of that? I didn't know they had uh, a Hive Mind. Hive Mind, yeah, yeah. That I've one, heard a couple of songs. It's I like them. Mm-hmm. Jeez, okay. It's really good. Um, I've also checked out 
Ariana Grande's album. That's probably the last thing I've listened to, which was partly produced by Pharrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not too happy about his his contribution on the album. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and probably Travis Scott. Like I haven't listened to it as much as I would want to. Yeah, I try not to judge any album <laughs> until I've listened to it at least yeah. four good times. So okay, but yeah, I'm kind of. I'm kind of all over the place. As you should be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can tell, too, by the albums that you review. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's good. I like that. I respect yeah. that a lot. Uh-huh. Speaking of Travis Scott, uh, we'll get into the charts really quick here. Um, he has the number one album. Astro World. Astro World is the number one album for the second week in a row. Mm-hmm. And also for the second week in a row, the number two album is Queen by Nicki Minaj. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's not happy about that. Chagrin, I'm not sure. at all. Yeah. Number three is Scorpion by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number four. Drizzy. Yeah. <laughs> Debuting at number four uh, is Life's a Trip by Trippy Red. Hmm. I have not listened to anything by Trippy Red. I lump him in with these other SoundCloud mumble rappers. Yeah. But. Hey, people like him, so I'm not. I'm not upset. He's just outside of my demographic. I don't know if I. <laughs> I might have listened to him. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I'm just being honest. Number five, beer bongs and Bentleys by Sirius Malone. Sirius Malone. Sirius Malone. He wants to be taken serious. Yeah, yeah, that's what we call him. Number six, goodbye and good riddance by Juice World. Number seven, and we know why. You know why? Because she passed last week. 30 Greatest Hits by Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Number seven. Number eight, Invasion of Privacy by loving hip-hop legend Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Debuting at number nine, No by Jason Mraz. No, period. Mm-hmm. Like no, he's, period, yes. I think he's kind of taking the uh, the Kendrick Lamar, how Kendrick Lamar had damn, yeah. period. <laughs> Jason Mraz is no, period. Big statement. I guess so. And number 10, Question mark by XXX Tentacion. Not making the top ten is the greatest showman soundtrack. So wow. Ben is listening to This Is Me less and less. This week is gonna be a repeat, okay? <laughs> Whatever it takes to get this soundtrack back where it belongs. Yeah. So that was the albums. We'll get to the uh songs here. Number one, still number one, in my feelings, by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Jersey. So, aside from the In My Feelings challenge, is this a good song? I don't really care for it. Everything that Drake does these days, it seems like more and more fluff. Um, I think his his popularity has by far surpassed his the actual quality of his music. That's a very good statement, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's more popular than anything these days, and I think that that's what drives a lot of his his streams and you yeah. know his his chart success. I don't even think it's the best song on the album. No. <laughs> if I'm being real. Yeah. Number two, Girls Like You by Adam and the Levines, featuring Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B. <laughs> Number three, I Like It by Love and Hip Hop Legend Cardi B with Bad Bunny and J Balvin. Number four, Fifi by um what do we call him? Six nine. I don't. Do we call him Rainbow the Rapper? I don't know. Rainbow Bright the Rainbow Rapper. Bright. <laughs> Rainbow Bright the Rapper featuring Nicki Minaj. 
Number five, Better Now by Sirius Malone. Number six, Lucid Dreams by Juice World. Number seven, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. I believe Kendrick Lamar is on that song also. Sure. No, no, Drake. Drake is on that song. Yeah, he's, oh, he's on, on Sicko Mode. Yeah. He's on every song. <laughs> Number eight, Taste by Tiger. <laughs> the Returning Hairline featuring Ooh. Offset. <laughs> Um, number nine, Boot Up by LMA, and number ten, No Brainer by the Nick Fury of Music, featuring the Canadian Spotify champion, Chance the Rapper, and the talented Miko. Hmm. Which one is that? That's Quavo. <laughs> Quavo, Quavo. Yeah, Quavo. <laughs> okay. Um, the quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, we just call him the quarterback. Yeah. New nickname. He's the quarterback. quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that is the, uh, that's the songs. Let me pull up the Artist 100. If it's who I, okay, never mind. Yeah, it is who you think it is. Uh, Number one is Travis Scott for the second week in a row. Mm -hmm. Number two, Nicki Minaj. Number three, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number four, because she died, Aretha Franklin. Yep. Number five, Sirius Malone. Do you take him seriously yet, Ben? I did last week. I don't think, I don't know. Like, it fluctuates, man. It really does fluctuate. Do you take him seriously? Not at all. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm still surprised. Like, from White Iverson to what he's become now, I never expected expected it. I think he's like, the more I think about it, he's like, uh, he's like the white Fetty Wap. Remember how yeah. like, but he's stuck Fetty around. Wop? Yeah, but he's still here. Yeah. yeah. He has stuck around, whereas Fetty Wap, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, you're right. Number six, the retired or unretired 2K legends. He, they rap now. Are they on the soundtrack? No, they're not on the soundtrack. I checked. Mm. So as of right now, retired. They're still retired. Number seven, we're still kind of worried about them. They just broke a YouTube record for streaming in like a day or something like that. Mm. Yeah, they just, they're, I'm going to assume they're doing pretty good. Number eight, love it hip hop legend Cardi B. Number nine, Adam and the Levines. And number 10, the fake news of pop music. Hmm. I guess her tour is, is making her relevant because I don't know what else would be. A friend yeah. of mine from high school uh, took his daughter to see her in Nashville. Um, she didn't do no country songs. <laughs> not a one. Probably not a one. But um, she was at a Nissan Stadium. Yeah. That's the thing. That's where the Titans That's play. where the Titans I was like, who mm-hmm. owns the rights to Nissan <laughs> Yeah. Like, where is that? Who plays there? Okay. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So that is the that is the artist one hundred and those are the charts. All right, so getting into our uh first topic here. Make sure we're still yes, we're still recording. Good. Okay. All right, so um the best selling album of all time. It was Thriller. Well, in America it was Thriller, mm-hmm. but now it's been overtaken by the Eagles. 
greatest hits 1971 to 1974 or something to that effect. Right. Uh, a greatest hits album compilation. Uh, so it shouldn't count. Agreed. Uh, we should be talking <laughs> about the, the, the best album of mostly, if not all original material. Yeah, I, I agree. Not, not like, Oh, let's put together our best from our, our previous albums that no one really bought. Yeah. <laughs> I still find it funny when people actually review those things. Like there'll be right. like a review of a greatest hits. Well, it's their greatest hits. It it should get five stars. Exactly. I hope it gets five stars, unless of course you know they're putting new stuff on there, which I don't think back then we had reached the point to where that was the thing to do. You, you put in one new track. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I could see if it was something like that where they put in like a few new tracks, but I think this was literally just mm-hmm. just the best songs of our career so far. Right. Which don't get me wrong, I like the Eagles, one of the you know better concerts I've been to, but. Yeah, this is this don't this don't count. No, it doesn't. Yeah, there definitely has to be an asterisk yeah. next to it. I mean, I guess it counts in the sense that they sold the records. I mean, we can't take that away, but right in, in the sense of like you know an album of original material versus an album of a compilation album, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I call the Eagles. Like that's what that should yeah. be. But it make it makes me wonder why the Eagles' greatest hits, mm-hmm. like why not the Rolling Stones or. The Beatles or, you know, or Garth Brooks. That always did surprise me that it was the Eagles. Right. You know, because I, as as much as I do like them, I never considered them to be bigger than any of those two people that we just like, the Rolling Stones or Garth Brooks or, you know, a lot of their contemporaries. But then as I've gotten older, I've met more people that like the Eagles. Yeah. Um, None of them from the South. Hmm. And so maybe that's, you know, a thing like I know... um, Granted, I know Matt, who we've had on the show before, is, is, you know, he is from Atlanta. None of his family is. Like, all his family's from okay. New York. And then um, some friends of my fiance's, they're huge Eagles fans, but they're from the West Coast. Hmm. So it might just be a Southern thing, whereas we just, you know, um, it's just not that big here, you right. know. Because uh, everyone I've ever met who loves them is just not from this part of the country. Okay. And it just might be that. Oddly enough, too, the only people I've met that liked, there were the other people that I met that liked CCR. Uh-huh. And they're from the West Coast. And I don't know many people down here that like CCR and John Fogarty. I kind of like them, but okay. you know, most people I know don't. So okay, maybe now, it's that. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Hotel California is oh, probably yeah. one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, I will give them that. But would you buy the album for it? <laughs> no. Well, see, that's yeah. the thing. Hotel California is it on this album. Wow. Okay, so what's the track listing? Okay, so it's got uh, Take It Easy, Okay, Witchy Woman, Lion Eyes, Already Gone, Desperado, One of These Nights, Tequila Sunrise, Take It to the Limit, Peaceful Easy Feeling, and Best of My Love. This this has to be a conspiracy. That, that can't be real. If- <laughs> so there's no Hotel California. This Because this came out before to- Hotel okay. California. So okay. Joe Walsh wasn't in the band then, was he? I don't think so. So he ain't getting none of that money. <laughs> wow. So why is, how can his daughter claim like they have like the greatest selling album of all time? Your dad wasn't even there. He wasn't even, the <laughs> he wasn't even there. That's Glenn Fry's money or Glenn Frey's money. Yeah. That's um that's Don Henley's money. I was about to say Don Hamlin. Who's who the hell is Don Hamlin? <laughs> Don Henley. He works at Kroger. <laughs> Hi, my name's Don. I'll be ringing you up today. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So uh yeah, and it was their first out. Well, their previous album came out in nineteen seventy five. 
um, they, they, this was put together according to their manager, Irving Azoff, because they had enough hits. And according to Don Felder, none of the band members had any say in the de- in the decision to release the compilation. Yeah, album. it probably was a, uh, a they owed an album to their um, mm-hmm. to their label. They were like, put out a greatest hits. It counts as an album. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> well, Irving Azoff looks like a genius yeah. right now. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. Um, and it makes me wonder, yeah. too, you know, like, okay, so we say, why the Eagles? I don't think any of their other albums are even, like, top 20 sellers. Right. Which is Maybe just, Hotel California. Maybe. Like, but, like, out of the out of the blue, you have this one that sells, what, 50-plus million records. It's crazy. Like, it's just weird. You know, it's just like nothing else. But, but this it one. does have yeah. the distinction of being the first album. Well, yeah, uh, Hotel California, 26 million in the U.S. So that's like half. <laughs> yeah. Which well, is no, limited. no. They're at. Um, I thought they were at 56 million. Was it like 38? 38. 38. In America. Okay. In America. Okay. okay. In America. Okay. So Hotel California, that is impressive then. I'll give them that. But yeah. uh, it does have the distinction, this greatest hits album, is the distinction of being the first certified platinum album. Hmm. Wow. Didn't know that. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it shouldn't count, though. Compilations should, should not, not count. Should not count, yeah. No. That's more impressive that you sold 25 mil at Hotel California. Yeah. That's more impressive. Agreed. <laughs> All right. So, we have... Um, uh, probably one of the silliest beefs I have ever heard of. And this is from a uh, story from AV Club. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins and Smash Mouth are beefing over Shrek. Um, Billy Corgan said on Instagram that the Smashing Pumpkins had a song that was being considered for their use in the movie Shrek. It was going to be displayed at the end credits. But the offer was withdrawn, and they gave it to Smash Mouth, who, uh... <laughs> That's what they're fighting about. Yep. Oh, God. Hold on. <clears throat> they gave it to Smash Mouth, who became... It had a hit song with the monkeys, uh... With their cover of the monkeys, I'm a Believer. And... Um... Josiah Hughes, who writes for Exclaim... Asked Smash Mouth for their thoughts about the story that Billy Corgan told. And uh, Smash Mouth said, or a representative of Smash Mouth, because they're just at Smash Mouth on Twitter. Actually, we said no, and Michael Austin from DreamWorks kept calling. That went on for over a month. We assume multiple bands were asked if it feeds Billy's ego to think they were first. Let him think that. Definitely... (coughs) excuse me Um, definitely would have been a darker approach the eels are on it and others (laughs) and so this response means that we now in this year of our lord 2018 that is what they they use this phrase in the year of our lord stand witness to a beef between the smashing pumpkins and smash mouth while we may hope that Corgan will content himself with the pumpkins current reunion tour Deep down, we all know this won't be the case. Worse will come. It's only a matter of time. I want them to put out a, a, a diss song to Smash Mouth. 
<laughs> I really want Smashing Pumpkins to put out a diss song. This is the chance, man. I don't think I've, there's not many rock diss songs out there. The only no. one really that comes to mind right now would be Fake It by Seether. Because mm-hmm. that's about Amy Lee. And that's not even a diss song. That's just more of a like, I don't like you when we broke up song. So okay. I'm going to talk mad shit about you. But I want to hear like an actual like Billy Corgan going in on Smash Mouth. Like, yeah. You know, like how Walking in the Sun wasn't really that good. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that, you know, like. <laughs> or use their own song and just be like, hey, now you're a has-been. <laughs> oh, yes. I, so tweet that at Billy Corgan. Like, I think he would do it. It wouldn't sound that deep. Hey, now you're a has-been. <laughs> I can't imagine them doing I'm a Believer. It would sound so weird. Yeah. There's no way they wanted them to do that for Shrek. That would just sound too weird. Well, no, no. The Smashing Pumpkins were going to have their own song. Oh, they were going to... Okay. It would still it still would have been pretty dark, though. So this is on a new Shrek movie that's coming? This was on the first one. Yeah. The first one, okay. Because that was around the time they received, re- released Machina yeah. of yeah, Machine of the Gods. Like, they were pretty dark back then. Like, very electronic. I think they had Ava Adore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been really dark. Ah, uh, no, that yeah. would have worked. It's a huge placement, though. On yeah, Shrek. it would have been really big. Yeah. Imagine they lost out on tons of money. Yeah, and he's probably salty. <laughs> yeah. So, Billy Corgan, do it, man. Do it. Uh, so, we had the VMAs last week. Um we we've talked about this a few times to where it doesn't it doesn't have the same appeal that it used to um this used to be an award ceremony that people cared about people cared about for one um and cared about the music videos as far as like you know you're making a short film but if it's also a good song that's what's going to make people watch mm-hmm. And it hasn't really, it hasn't really held up. Um, I was talking to a couple of people to where, like, actually, when uh, they also give the Video Vanguard Award, with the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award, which is like a lifetime achievement award, basically. And this year it went to J Lo, and I kind of came to the conclusion they're running out of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, even though it could go to Lady Gaga. It could go to Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. It could go to... Hell, at this point, it could go to Justin Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting yeah. there. He's aging. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this year, video of the year was... Who was it? I have no clue. I don't even remember who was nominated. I feel like it was Havana. Camille Cabello. Yeah. We call her the artist formerly known as Fifth Harmony. <laughs> yeah, she won. She beat out Ape Shit, Finesse, God's Plan, and No Tears Left to Cry. Hmm. So she is uh she had video of the year. Um Artist of she also won Artist of the Year. Have has any have any yeah, I can't talk. Have any of you seen the video for Havana? Yes. No. I have not seen okay, I'm with I haven't seen it either. Uh, Song of the Year, I guess they're the Grammys now. Uh, Post Malone featured 21 Savage for Rockstar. Hmm. One Song of the Year. Best New Artist was Cardi B. Uh, Best Collaboration 
Jennifer Lopez featuring Nick, excuse me, DJ Khaled and Cardi B. And I feel like she got that award because she was getting the video Vanguard award. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. it beat out Ape Shit. It beat out uh, Logic. It beat out the Finesse remix. It beat Lemon. Mm. It beat Meant to Be. Um, Ariana Grande won Best Pop Video. Nicki Minaj won Best Hip Hop Video. That How? I, I haven't seen the Chuck Lee video, but it yeah. can't be that great. It's funny how Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj both had albums coming out right around the time that this show <laughs> yeah. came on. And I, I think that's more, I don't say coincidence, but I think that was planned. Mm-hmm. Best Latin video, uh, J Balvin and Willie William for Mi Gente. Uh, best dance video posthumously went to Avicii, uh, featuring Rita Ora for Lonely Together. Best rock video, Imagine Dragons, for Whatever It Takes. Best video with a message, Childish Gambino for This Is America. And uh, um, all these other ones are technical awards. Yeah, editing, direction. Looks like um, This Is America took home a few more awards. Best choreography and best direction. Yeah. The guy who directed this American video, he also directed the uh, the Teddy Perkins episode of Atlanta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, of course, the video Vanguard Award goes to Jennifer Lopez. Well, he did some Queens of the Stone Age stuff, too. Block Party, The Fray. But, uh, Ben, you had some news about the, the TV watching segment of the VMAs. Well, I kind of feel like this kind of, after you mentioned it, this kind of goes without saying. Millennials don't watch TV. Like, they just don't. So, um, it drew the fewest viewers in the show's history. But then, ironically, the article also mentions the previous year before that was the worst in history. Wow. So, viewership just keeps going down. So, um, this year, it drew 4.87 million um, and had a 2.2 rating among adults 18 to 49. Um which Viacom, of course, is just, well, I, I, that's for another episode. Um, but says for comparison, 2017 VMAs drew 5.36 million viewers. So, I mean, it's 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 going down, and it just seems like it's just going down, exp- not exponentially, but every year. I mean, we'll probably hear the 2019 is the lowest in history, and then the 2020 until maybe it is a streaming-only type thing where, or they just depend more heavily on streaming and getting people involved on, you know, platforms like Snapchat, Instagram, because I mean, frankly, if you live stream it, you know, even if you just get a few people to like, you know, Hey, this is the Jennifer Lopez live stream. And it mostly focuses on her mm-hmm. for the night. You probably get a ton of people watching that. Yeah. Um, but as I read in some comments, it's like, you know, people really, they don't want to watch the whole thing. They just want to watch the clips. Right. Show me the show me the performances, which there are you know a lot of great ones. You had Travis Scott, Ariana Grande, Nicki Minaj, Post Malone, Logic. You got to wonder like where were some of the bigger artists? Where was Drake? Like that's the first thing someone mentions. Where was Drake? Mm-hmm. He's got one of the biggest albums right. He's literally one of the biggest stars in the world right now. Yeah. Why was Drake not there? Did he want nothing to do with this train wreck? I don't know. <laughs> well, he wasn't there. I don't. Was Bruno Mars there? Bruno did, Mars wasn't there. No. He had. I think he had the most. Did he have the most nominations? Yeah. No, Cardi B had the most, but she was there, but she didn't perform. Yeah, I think Bruno Mars had a lot of nominations, but he had no chance of winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Drake had a lot of nominations, and he he didn't win anything either. I yeah, don't think it so. Just, it was very weird. Like, there's a lot of bands that just could have, like, our bands or artists or anything. Like, you know, where were some of them? I don't think um, I was looking for Panic at the Disc. Okay, they were there. They played one of their songs. Okay, there's I don't know. Like, that's the one thing I did hear a lot of people say that there were just a lot of people that you would have expected to see perform that just did not perform. Right. And that might and it was on a Monday. Right. Yeah, this is yeah. normally on this is normally on a Saturday Sunday. or Sunday. Yeah. Right. And it's on a Monday. So that also did not help, but you know, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't get Childish Gambino too. Like imagine what you could have done with a bunch of people doing This Is America. Like I think they could have found a way to yeah. do that. Um or do it creatively, like one performance that sticks out he, to me. He performed at the Grammys the past this past Grammys. This is oh, a step this down. Is, this is beyond the below. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think of like the performance that Taylor Swift did on the year that um, You Belong With Me came out. Yeah. And that was, I feel like, a really creative performance. Like it starts out with her on the subway and ends with her like outside of wherever the venue was for the performance, for the um, award show, performing to a crowd. Mm-hmm. Like why not try and do performances like that People who are in the crowd have their phones, they're Snapchatting it, they're Instagram living it, the whole nine. But like, you can let people like that was a really creative performance off of a song that I like. But let's be honest, it's kind of boring to watch someone play. Like the thing that made that video, the song so famous was the video. So why not let's try to give that song a new life with a different video. So why not take some of these artists like Camila Cabello? I don't know if she performed, but if she did have her perform her hit single mm-hmm. and let's make it different. Let's right. make the, my, it's just not a regular, you're up on stage and performing. We're going to make this creative. Yeah, you're right. I agree. I think that's part of the problem. Uh, people, I guess this generation of artists, they're just not great live performers. That too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. definitely think that's part of that it. That is, that is, yeah. And that really saddens me. Right. There's no creativity and you, you hit it on the head, but I think it's also a larger trend of just the bigger artists. They just decide to skip out yeah. on the war shows these days. They're not really important. I mean, I also consider that uh, Bruno Mars is still uh, on tour yeah. for 24 Karat Magic. Um, that might be the closest to Garth Brooks as we're going to get. <laughs> that touring <laughs> you know, tour for two years. Yeah. Um, and with Drake, um, I think like his uh, Aubrey and the Three Amigos tour yeah. is starting if it hasn't already. Soon, yeah. I want to be there for the Atlanta show, bro. That's yeah. that's the end of the tour. Yeah, it is gonna yeah. shut the city down. Because <laughs> J Cole is on tour. Oh, was alright. Was he nominated? I think uh, yeah, he was he nominated. Was, he, for he got once. a couple of nominations for ATM. Yeah, I mean maybe you, or maybe you just move the award show. To I mean, like not just different night, but a different part of the year. Yeah, maybe that helps. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you. I know at least in the South, all the kids are back in school, mm-hmm. <laughs> so all the kids that could watch it maybe can't watch it. Maybe move it closer to in the summer. Yeah, to where you know more kids can watch it. And I really think they need to heavily lean on social media. Like I, I, I fought it, but like that's that's just where media is well, going. You, you may not have the right people because basically, like what we talked about TRL. Yeah. Basically, TRL failed not because of YouTube, but it failed to embrace YouTube. Yeah. 
to where maybe that could factor in and if they're, you know, who's number one or number two yeah. or have or using social media for people to vote. Okay. Uh, they did not embrace that. And that's why it failed. They tried to bring it back. I don't know if it's still on. I don't either. But um, we get some TV anymore. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that also what may have uh, normally with these awards or boys, they mark like the host is doing the promotions. Like, mm-hmm. hey, watch right. this on Monday or yeah. whatever. There was no host. There wasn't a host. What? What? There was it no was host. A... Oh, OK. Like last year, I think the host was Katy Perry. Wow. This year, there was no host. So okay. what did they... I was thinking... So, so it wasn't Tiffany Haddish and Kevin Hart? Oh. No, they may have presented an award. Okay, okay. So who does stuff? Like, that's really weird. I don't know. It seems like MTV doesn't care about the thing at all. That's <laughs> probably the reason it failed, because they, you know... Who the their lack of effort, huh? I... Is that what they're... Who 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 said Madonna should do a tribute to Aretha Franklin? That was that was the that was the biggest thing to come from the award ceremony is her tribute, quote unquote tribute, a very loose version of the word tribute to Aretha Franklin yeah. because it just turned out to be um, her talking about herself and how Aretha Franklin may have inspired her, but that it was very. It seemed very much like Madonna talking about herself for a few minutes. That's very bad. The furthest, that is the last person I would think of to do a Madonna trip. I mean, a, a real What was weird trip. is like, I, someone in MTV is like, we got to get somebody who these kids might like. Like, the, the kids don't even know who Madonna is. They definitely, and they don't know who Aretha Franklin is, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, she's the last <laughs> person. And was Jennifer but, Hudson busy? <laughs> do the kids know who Jennifer Hudson is? Does it matter? It okay. kind of does. I, I know. I'm just mad. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and and who was uh, like that that interview clip that uh, that I played? Um, it wasn't going to be Adele. No, she's off raising her kid. Yeah. Um, it wasn't going to be Alicia Keys. She she doesn't have anything like as far as anything new right now. Like that's the best. Like it wasn't going to be. It wasn't going to be Taylor Swift, no matter what beautiful no. gown she may have worn. <laughs> I would hope that Taylor Swift would have the decency to say, "No thanks, this is a little bit bigger than me." <laughs> right. I would just hope she had the comments. But my, and it wasn't going to be Nicki Minaj either, because it either totally passed on her. <laughs> who yeah. Nicki? Who? <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> like I just wonder, like how far down the list. It couldn't be Tina Turner. No, the kids don't know who Tina Turner is. I would have. Wow. Call me. I'll go They don't know Patty LaBelle. They don't know Glass Night. They should from Patty's Pies. They should know Patty LaBelle. <laughs> they should have just done like a, they a got montage. The pie lady. Yeah. yeah. They got the pie lady. Just too. play a montage of her videos and make some people dance to it. I don't know. Like, I yeah. just. You don't get Madonna. That's just. Ugh. Lazy. Yeah. That's like getting Quavo for a, a Steven Tyler tribute. Like, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, sure, you listen to Walk This Way, but, like, nothing else. Nothing else. Walk this way, mama. <laughs> mama. <laughs> Sway. <laughs> Toast an attic. <laughs> All right, so, um, I got nothing else to add on that. No. Yeah. That's sad. So, uh, we'll get to Ben's Earworm of the Week. Tell us about it. I heard it on a baseball channel. I heard it on MLB Network. 
It was right before, it was the night before um, the All-Star break, and they played a montage of the first half of the season to this song. It was really good. And ever since I got MLB, um, I guess 19 or whatever it is, I forget how much I like baseball. So I've been watching baseball more. And um, I didn't realize that the Braves were good. So I'm hopping on that bandwagon again. Go Braves. Um, so, but yeah, hey, look, my made it. That's what they played. I guess I'm, I guess it was to be the to represent the bas- the baseball players that have made it. You know, to mm-hmm. the big show, as they say. So, okay. yeah, it's a good song, man. They're like, I know he's carrying that band right now. <laughs> it's just two of them, right? It's just two of them. Like everyone has left, and I know people wrote them off when the guitar player left because that was their Pete Wentz and um, Patrick Stump all rolled in up. Like he apparently he did everything. Mm. And after the guitar player left, they thought the band would not survive. And then um, the lead singer, Brandon Yuri kind of stepped up and really kind of, I mean, like he's matured into a great writer. And um, I guess I'm happy for them. Like, cause it really, people were really writing them off. Like they just were like, why are you even trying? Mm. And now they're bigger than they ever were <laughs> wow. with the old lineup. I mean, like they were never getting played on pop stations before other than the first song. And then after that, like the second album where they tried to go start Peppers. Well, that, you know, because they got lumped in with emo yeah. and with their weird song titles. I write sins, not tragedies. <laughs> and every day I constantly thank God for Esteban. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, they had some very weird titles. And so now they're out of that game and he's making, he's making like arena pop music. Like they, these are songs you can play in arenas. So Brendan Urie, you did it, bro. All right. So this is Hey Look Ma, I Made It. I panic at the disco. We'll be right back. Things coming up, faces, 
Alright, that is... That is Hey Look Ma, I Made It by Panic at the Disco from their album Pray for the Wicked, uh, one of those albums on vinyl that uh, Jack White bought all the copies. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did mean to tell you this. I looked this up because you were like 93. Who wore 93? I found two NBA players that wore 93. Wow. One of them is Ron Artest. How'd you know that? Stump the Schwab. Whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, when he played for the Kings, he wore the number 93, metal roll piece. Um, and then the second person, um, PJ Brown on the Celtics mm. in 2008. Wow. Yeah. PJ Brown, number 93. He won a, he won a championship. Where yeah. Remember. <laughs> wow. PJ Brown. All right. So we started the, um, program with band in the USA by um, rap pioneers, two live crew, despite what you might want to say about them. <laughs> Uncle Luke Nim. <laughs> but yeah. So on this uh, particular episode, we're going to look at the uh, background and history and legacy of the parental advisory sticker. Uh, if you buy um, any albums with explicit lyrics, from certain retailers, except for Walmart, because I still think they, they, they still edit theirs. I do yeah, believe so. they do. Uh, so, uh, if you go to any other retailers, you may see that that label pretty on the outside. It's going to be gone, though. Like, hmm? pretty soon, like, you're not going to see this. Like, this... Yeah. People who are under the age of, I guess you could say 20, have probably never seen one of these, except, like, in a ironic context like it was on a shirt or something they probably right. never yeah. physically held a cd and touched it. <laughs> or if you look at the uh they saw straight out of compton they they saw the movie that is yeah and the the logo for the movie is based on that sticker yeah but it, it really could go the way of the dinosaur because you know after best buy vowed to stop selling cds like where else are you going to get one from Walmart. F- I guess Amazon. Oh, yeah. No, FYE. Good luck. <laughs> They're still open. <laughs> Good luck. There's one in Douglasville. I think. Really? Wow. I, I think. I could be wrong. There's one in Duluth. All right. So go to Duluth and buy a CD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead and spend your money. If y'all still out here buying CDs. Uh, but you still also see on Spotify. Yeah, it'll say explicit You'll content. You'll see the explicit yeah. um, label. If you're if you listen to podcasts, if you see the red E, mm-hmm. um, that means there's explicit content. Yeah, on just different forms podcast, of it. So. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, they're not all going to look like the classic, you know, black, white, black, you know, the print, morning parental advisory, which ironically, I've I've I remember buying parental advisory <laughs> records as a kid and no one stopped me. <laughs> like it wasn't like, a hey, can you stop? Yeah. You know, like I bought the cassette tape showing my age here of um bow down by the west side connection uh-huh. that was very parental advisory nobody yeah. stopped me wow so it's like what was the point you know right well mm-hmm. uh the with the history of why, how this sticker came to be mm-hmm. it started with a uh, a committee called the parents music resource center and uh 
their goal was to increase parental control over the access of child, children to music that have violent, drug-related, or sexual themes. Mm-hmm. And the committee was founded by Tipper Gore, the former second lady of the United States. Yeah. She was not the second lady then, but... Yeah, she was um, the husband, wife of the man who invented the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Susan Baker, wife of Treasury Secretary James Baker, Pam Hauer, wife of Washington Realtor Raymond Hauer, and Sally Nevius, wife of former Washington City Council Chairman John Nevius. So these four women um, uh, came together and formed the Parents Music Resource Center. And uh, it lasted for until the mid-90s. There's about 22 people. But the story of how this came to be um, of trying to deal with like these 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 uh, nasty lyrics pretty much <laughs> that are out there um, that there should be a, a guideline or a rating system so the PMRC went to the RIAA um, and wanted to develop something similar to the film rating system mm-hmm. and uh, additional suggestions from the PMRC included, hold on, <coughs> uh, printing warnings and lyrics on the album covers, forcing record stores to put albums with explicit covers under the counters, like it's porn, I guess. To them, um, it might as well have been. I mean, if yeah. you're thinking of the song that prompted this, I mean, it, it was explicit in nature, but yeah, I mean, they wanted to treat it like porn. Like, you can't get it, you know? Yeah. Uh, pressuring TV stations not to broadcast explicit songs or videos and reassessing the contracts of musicians who perform violently or sexually in concert. Hmm. So this is like the, uh, I can't remember the, what they're called, but there were these codes in films, like in the thirties and forties of certain things that could be put on screen. Like actors couldn't, they had to kiss with their, mouth completely closed um you could only show a shot of two actors in a bed for like five seconds or something like that wow so there there were limits on that i can't remember what the codes were called but um basically trying to put bring that into music uh and this was started in the 80s so for one you're already too late Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> um and what's funny is that um there's a list of songs called the Filthy Fifteen. Hmm. A list of songs that uh were found to be the most the most heinous, the hmm. the, the the nastiest lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um there was a, a TV movie on VH one and uh, there was, I think it was based on like D. Snyder from Twisted Sisters' point of view. Okay. But basically, <clears throat> Tipper Gore bought the Purple Rain soundtrack, Purple Rain soundtrack for her kids, and they're listening to "Let's Go Crazy," uh, which is, I guess is innocent. But if you read the lyrics, it's 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 not. Well, I mean, so the line you know, picked up the phone, dropped on the floor. <sighs> is all I heard is, you know, that kind of implies that's the first verse, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she probably heard that was like, what do you mean? Uh, uh, 
What's going on? What does that mean? Someone call up Mr. Nelson. <laughs> Did you think the person was having a heart attack or something? I'm not going to lie. I didn't get the lyric until I was an adult. <laughs> then I was like, oh, she cheating. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, but they're listening to Darla Nikki and having a good time. I'm sorry. They're listening to Let's Go Crazy and having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then they turn, and then Darla Nikki comes on. Mm. And... Um, What's the first line of that? I knew a girl named Nikki, Nikki, I guess. She could say say she was was a sex sex fiend. I met her in the hotel lobby, masturbating with the magazine. That was William Shatner quality. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I bet Tipper was like, what in the... Hit hit pause, hit pause. (laughs) Um, Also on this list, Sugar Walls by Sheena Easton. Hmm. Also written by Prince. Um, she hated Prince, I'm sure. Yeah. Eat Me Alive by Judas Priest. Yeah. Strap on Robbie Baby by Vanity. I believe this was written by Prince. Prince. So, all right. So I'm on a. I, I saved a. Um, oh no, actually it wasn't. Rolling Stone. It was written by someone named Robbie Bruce. Hmm. They have um, the Filthy Fifteen and Where Are They Now, and they have the explicit lyrics from each song. So from the Wasp song explicit lyrics groan in the pleasure zone gasping from the beat um i'm gonna force you at gunpoint to eat me alive squealing in passion as the rod steel injects Hmm. proposed prmc rating profane or sexually explicit wow uh another song on the list bastard by motley Crue. okay um (laughs) Explicit lyrics, out go the lights, in goes my knife. Pull out his life, consider that bastard dead. Proposed PMRC rating, violent. Uh, ACDC, let me put my love into you. Let's see where that one is. Let me, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Let me put my love into you, wow. I'm going to go ahead and guess that's a uh, sexual in nature. Let me see here. Do I need to put do a search? Wow. It's not going to, that one's not going to come up. AC. Oh, it's not going to come up. Oh, there we go. Let me put my love into you. That's what I had. Okay. Oh, my. Okay. Don't you struggle. Don't you fight. Let me put my love into you. Let me cut your cake with my knife. Profane or sexually explicit. Sounds a bit rapey. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A bit. Don't you struggle? Don't you fight? (laughs) Right. So, ironically, what they said then, people who want to strangle other people's rights are possessed by one of the worst devils around. The Satan in their souls, which is called intolerance. Angus Young told People in 1985, rock and roll is about one simple thing. Rape. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 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 Rock and roll is about one simple thing. Freedom. When someone tries to murder... Nice choice of words. That freedom, we're against it. Mm. Um, okay, see if we can find this. Dress You Up by Madonna is on there. I love that song. Dress You Up, uh, produced by... Nile Rodgers. Nile Rodgers. I think he played the guitar solo on it, too. Um, oh, come on! He did. He did play guitar. Explicit lyrics? Is the chorus going to dress you up in my love all over your body. Profane or sexually explicit. Where, Tipper? Where? <laughs> That's ultra conservative. 
Because I was like, wait, was there anything, anything like over overtly now, sexual could, about that if song? If a dude said yeah. that, I'm gonna dress you up in my love all over your body. Then okay, <laughs> but like, gonna dress you up in my love, in my love, and I can't help but do my head like that when I sing it. But like, <laughs> that's so innocent. Yeah. But all over your body. All over your body. That's the that's the part that they right. object to. <laughs> yeah, Tipper must have had a pretty dull childhood. God, I could only imagine like she dull was... uh, puberty, dull yeah. courtship, dull marriage. Dull Is this sex why Al life? Gore was after Man Bear Pig? Is this why was he that bored at home? Right. That's why he interviewed <laughs> invented the internet because he was just like Tipper. She's boring. Yeah. You know, she thinks Madonna's profane. Yeah, I know. Wow. How many kids they got? They got four kids. They had sex four times. That's, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> to Madonna. <laughs> oh, and she plays Madonna. You know what that means? He's about to put his love in her. <laughs> if she let him. Permission. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, In My House by the Mary Jane Girls. Really? Wow. All right, let's see what they said about that. Explicit lyrics. <clears throat> when it comes down to making love, I'll satisfy your every need and every se- every fantasy you think up, profane or sexually explicit. And it's so- What is profane about that? I mean, I know it's Rick James, but that's pretty tame. Yeah, that is. It's pretty tame for a Rick James uh, penned song. And, you know, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of someone in the 80s because I like I said, like some of these songs seem extremely tame. Exactly. Except for maybe that ACDC song. That was that was pretty. But the rest of these seem pretty tame. Like they don't, you know, I'm just trying to think of what their reac- reaction would be if they heard R. Kelly or Trey yeah. songs or like they must have been scared. Like this is this is 1985. So when Bump and Grind came out, they were like, it's just getting worse. <laughs> the labels aren't helping. <laughs> if R. Kelly's music came out in 1985, um, he would, do you think he, would he still have a career going forward? I don't forward? know. If it started, what, that would have been like 10 years earlier? I don't yeah. know. 12, no, I don't think so. 12 play in 1985, man. I don't Ooh. know. Yeah, they would have shut him down. I tried to at least. <laughs> it would have said like it would have been like you remind me would have been the song and like you're like my jeep I want to ride you sexually explicit. <laughs> it would even made that like oh, I just can't can't catch a break. Wow. Um. Yeah. So I think that was that was straightforward, but it was clean. Yeah. Um. And another one. Which I, I knew I knew what it was a uh, well I knew it I know was what about, you're going to say too. What Shebop? Yep, I'm already there. Yeah, all right. I'm looking at it. <laughs> so Shebop by Cindy Lauper. Yep. Which um, I mean, I but we we had to find out after they told us. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I want to go down south and get me some more. They say I better stop or I'll go blind. Profane or sexually explicit? She, there's no way she knew what this was about. Wow. The kids didn't know. Yeah, there's like, no way. So if we if we go south, so if we go to Disney Disney yeah. World, we're gonna go fly. <laughs> right. they're, they're thinking about that. Like, there's no way. And I remember them talking about this song. Like, there's no way she knew what Shebop was about. 
Wow. Like, Cindy Lauper had to come out and tell people, oh, yeah, it's about masturbation. You wouldn't have got that. She bop? Nah. Yeah. So what if Lil' Kim, that hardcore album, came out oh, boy. in 85? Throwing her under the jail. <laughs> yeah, she would have been arrested. R. Kelly would have been arrested, too. Yeah. They don't need to make music. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and just some of the lyrics I'm looking at, we're not going to take it. We'll fight the powers that be. We're not going to take it. Sounds Vi- like that's a- vi- They consider that violent. Wow. Fighting the powers that be, are you trying to hold people down? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not saying that Twisted Sister is here to lead the, the revolution, but, like, this, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, this, some of these on here, granted, I know it's 2018. I get it. You know, we're heavy metal today. It's not what heavy metal was in the 80s, but, like, I mean, it is literally five dudes dressed in drag singing hard rock music. We're wow. not going to take it is on this list. Yeah. What? What? I was just reading the lyric. We're not going to take it. We'll fight the powers that be. We're not going to take it. That's considered violent. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty sad. Burning li- hell was worse. <laughs> this list seems hit and miss. It is very. <laughs> what you say? It's it seems hit and miss. Like some is like okay. I mean, I would I would say that these are um, overtly sexual lyrics in some cases, but to put Twisted Sister, put we're not going to take it on the list. Um. Yeah, they probably pinpointed like one specific lyric and said, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's bad enough. Let's just add it to the list. Oh, like when well, we talk about R. Kelly and, and Lil' Kim. What if Ice-T's Cop Killer came out Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> that, that was, what, a few years later? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't be on Law & Order <laughs> these days. Um, uh, I, as far as, like, the, um, the hearings went forward and all this, a lot of this turned into a we were trying to bring their um their religion into this mm-hmm. and their I mean this is about family values and that's understandable but do you ever think that this has to do with well parents are not having any um like any control as far as what their kids will listen to. Like, are your kids going out and buying the music or are you buying it? Yeah. I think it's a case of parents saying that we don't want to be responsible for what our kids are listening to. Mm. So we're going to put these safeguards in place and hopefully the artists decide to police themselves. That way we don't have to do it. It's almost as like they, they pass the buck off. Mm. Cause I think parents, you know, they should, sort of pre-screen whatever yeah. their kids listen to or watch. But to me, it's just lazy on Tipper and, and Al's part. Like, you you know Prince. I'm sure they probably saw the movie before they bought the soundtrack. I wonder if they did, though. I don't you know. So? Yeah. That, has Tipper Gore seen Purple Rain? Is she on Twitter? Let's add her. <laughs> right. You know about Lake Minnetonka? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, the way I see it, like, it's one of those things where, like, there is a little bit of laziness. Yeah, I don't want to have to go out and listen to it. <laughs> it's a safeguard to help me decide what my kids should and should not listen to. 
I think one thing that's going to be in talking about this that might be difficult to really grasp about the early days of this. Um, we're in the information age now where like it's a lot easier. So one thing that comes to mind was Ryan Reynolds going on this crusade to let parents know this ain't the Justice League. This ain't Avengers. Yeah. Do not bring your kids to see Deadpool. And then and there were parents that did it and got mad. And he was like, I told, told you. Like, it's rated R for a reason. So, like, now we're in the information age where, like, you know, you know, without the aid of his studio, Ryan Reynolds can get that message out, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be in interviews or things like that. You know, back then, D. Snyder's not going to go out and say, well, you know, I'm trying to incite violence or I might incite. And I don't think many musicians would in general. But, like, you know, in the information age now, it's a lot easier for us, even without the label, to like be able to determine whether it be from like, you know, maybe their social media feed, we see what type of person they are or just from, you know, interviews or just what we've heard of word of mouth. Then it might've been back then. So I think some of it was just like someone like a, like a tipper Gore who seems like a classic overreactionist to me, just based off of what I've read probably was like, I am, I'm scared and there's no way for me to know this information. And, you know, we need this label so that everyone knows and I'm pretty sure in her head, she was like, this is a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Not understanding what it truly means to be an artist. Right. You know, if you don't want your kids, like, if you can take kind of one look at Twisted Sister and know that maybe I don't want to get this album for my kids. Yeah. I would assume. So, I don't know. Like, I guess looking at it through 2018 eyes, it's a little weird. Just because now we know just about everything. About, we've never had this sort of access to artists to know what they might be like. Right. You know, back then you didn't have Snap. I can only imagine yeah. <laughs> what D Snyder's Snapchat would have been like. Right. Or Prince's Snapchat would have been like. You know, you would it'll right. it would have been rated R. It'd have to be Snapchat because IG would have banned him. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it had to be. So I, I'm just curious, you know, to know what that would have been like back then. Could could it have been that and I'm sure Purple Rain was probably the if not the biggest album of well, when it came out, eighty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born. It had to have been maybe one of the top three or five biggest albums of the year. Yeah, I, right. That and Van Halen. Yeah, and Born in the USA. I think came out that year too. Yeah, and I'm sure she probably naturally assumed that you know it's a very popular album and people, mm-hmm. the culture, they're assuming it. So maybe it's okay. <laughs> if we do. that was her mistake yeah yeah that is not the fault of that's not prince's fault right it wouldn't be d Snyder's fault just because it's popular that means it's clean right yeah who thinks like that tipper yeah because <laughs> you can look i mean look back on all of the biggest i mean and granted you know this was you know the time where hip-hop started burgeoning and getting a little bit bigger but like even if you're just looking at rock music like rock music was never PG. No, I mean like you. I mean, how comfortable if you're Tipper Gore are you playing "Sympathy for the Devil" for your kids? Are you are you okay playing? So it's like you you got to be careful. And I mean like that is they that is the job of a parent. Don't go and just you know basically put. I know, know some artists probably thought at the time it was a, a mark of our scarlet letter, so to speak. But then of course as you read, it got to where it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Like if your album is, you know, got a parental advisory, it's going to sell more because yeah. people know that it's edgy, it's anti-establishment. So it's, it is kind of funny what it turned into, but like rock has never been PG. Never. And that's what, you know, a lot of these, I guess one thing when I was looking into this, 
but it just makes sense because hip hop wasn't as big in the eighties. Like to see that this really affected a lot of rock artists, yeah. mostly heavy metal, mm-hmm. really. But like, it was never PG, man. Like, who are we kidding? <laughs> never was. And I'm I'm just trying to think of who ke- who she could have listened to like that that prior decade. Was it Pat you Boone. know? Right. I was just thinking, <laughs> you know the the older Pat Boone, the late career Pat Boone, Lawrence Welk, Lawrence Welk, <laughs> like Andy she- Williams, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't know who she possibly could have listened to. Maybe she, I don't know. It's hard to assume, but we know this. She had no knowledge of, she's not a music fan. Clearly. I guess it's safe <laughs> to say it. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. What, what is, like, I was uh, looking up um, who also testified during these hearings. And uh, the the parents, the PMRC had hearings in 1985. And John Denver was brought in to testify. Uh, he had a song that came out called Rocky Mountain High. Mm-hmm. And the FCC um, was allowed to censor some music that sounded like it was promoting drug abuse. Mm-hmm. So you hear Rocky Mountain High and radio stations ban the song until John Denver had to publicly say that when he says mm-hmm. hi, it meant you know, like he's in the Rocky Mountains. Wow. Which is uh Hi. at least a mile <laughs> above sea level. <laughs> yeah. So uh he was talking about the the feeling you have of being literally a mile <laughs> above <laughs> sea level. That was the high. But some people assumed it was about drug abuse. Yeah, they would have hated about, it. about smoking weed, I guess I would I guess mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Wow, they would have hated to hear uh, the chronic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which was literally about smoking. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Dre would have been arrested and yeah. thrown in jail if the chronic came out in 1985. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so uh, there was another, there was somebody else who came to testify. Oh, yeah. Frank well, Zappa. Well, Frank Zappa, of yeah. course. Um, he says that the PMRC proposal is an ill-conceived piece of nonsense which fails to deliver any real benefits to children, yeah. infringes the civil liberties of people who are not children, and promises to keep the courts busy for years dealing with the interpretation and enforcement problems inherent in the proposal's design. Uh, there was a proposed blank tape tax. Let me see what that is. Great statement by uh, Zappel. Yeah, I mean, he was big on the First Amendment. Oh, certainly, yeah. Um, the blank tape tax is a government-mandated scheme in which a special tax is charged on purchases of recordable media. Such taxes are in place in various countries, and the income is typically allocated to the developers of content. So basically, um, a tax... Uh, yeah, just a, a tax on... Uh, like a sales tax on the actual content. Mm. So they try to discourage people from actually buying yeah. the music. That wow. would be like an extra, yeah. aside from the regular sales tax, extra sales tax. Wow. <coughs> so I think in a way it sort of indirectly encouraged more artists to be more bold, more they mm-hmm. like the level of audacity. It just, 
it increased. Like this, yeah. you know what? Let's throw a few more bees and, <laughs> and holes in, in, the, in this song. Um, and uh, the the Blake Tate pr- proposed Blake Tate tax is called HR twenty nine eleven. For example, also said these major record labels need to have HR twenty nine eleven whiz through a few committees before anybody smells a rat. Mm. One of them is chaired by Senator Thurman, Strom Thurman. Is it a coincidence that Mrs. Thurman is affiliated with the PMRC? Mm. <laughs> and he earlier stated about the Senate's agreement to hold a hearing. He said, uh, a couple of blowjobs here and there, and bingo, you get a hearing. Wow. <laughs> He did not hold back. No, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with uh, going back to John Denver, to basically, they think that Rocky Mountain High is about drugs. Um, and even with the song, We're Not Gonna Take It, as simple as the song sounds, they it's, it was interpreted as um, inciting violence. Mm-hmm. So there were there were some assumptions made. I mean, some some of these songs. It's clear, yes, that's what the song's about. But what do you think of like when assumptions are made? I think that would make it uh, impossible to police this kind of thing, right? Yeah. Because people can use if you're a good writer, you know how to use metaphors and, yep. and similes yep. and you know make something mean something else it's not my fault you don't get it it's like no, you're right. not smart enough to understand what I'm doing or or it's not my fault that you got it completely wrong yeah yeah um oh, to me that makes that makes it impossible to police something like this yeah, yeah. um so and I think it could it could it could potentially be dangerous for to misinterpret something like how would you do that like would you get an english professor <laughs> to like, well, this lyric means this. You know, how would you even police something like that? I'd, well, I mean, how, what would be the practical way to approach this? Genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> Genius.com. Yeah. I On mean, the it, internet, invented by Al Gore. It yeah. all comes back to him. That's why, yeah. he, that's why he did it. He foresaw, I'm sorry. Um, but I mean, it would <laughs> yeah. force, it would literally force every artist to do what John Denver did, which is to go up on a stand and be like, all right, guys. Well, actually, it meant this, and then explain why. Who the hell wants to do that for every song they write? Right. Like that would be so annoying. And like at that point, then you are encouraging people. You're stifling creativity, mm-hmm. which is what I think a lot of people felt was happening here. You're stifling creativity if essentially you're going to find a way to put a black eye on anything that I put out that you deem filthy or disgusting or, you know, a part of your filthy 15, you're going to put a black eye on it and try to limit people from purchasing it. Cause I mean, let's be real. It's not just kids that this is aimed towards. You're probably going to have, you know, people who are part of, I imagine the moral majority back then who would say, "Mm, you know what? Maybe ACDC isn't the band I thought they were, even though they had a song prior to back in black called highway to hell. Like somehow (laughs) now you've decided this is not the band for me. Um, once again, rock was never PG people. Like they had a song called highway to hell. If you didn't get it then. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, who, who wants to have to constantly defend themselves from people who think that they're holier than thou? Like who wants to do that? Yeah, you're right. I agree. Um, 
there's a well, D. Snyder, I'll testify, of course. Um, he said that uh, um, he had this song called Under the Blade, mm. Twisted Sister, mm-hmm. in which um, it was interpreted as being about sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. And we're not going to take it. Acute was about promoting violence. We said Under the Blade was about was written about an impending surgery he was having. (laughs) And that the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Miss Gore. Mm -hmm. Saying that Miss Gore was looking for sadochism and bondage, and she found it. Someone looking for surgical references would have found it as well. I agree with that, that statement. And like you were talking about with parents not wanting to be responsible... He says, the full responsibility for defending my children falls on the shoulders of my wife and I because there is no one else capable of making these judgments for us. Yeah. So he recognizes as an artist that, you know, yeah, I may be making this content that may be considered questionable. Um, I know for us, it's, it's really not. It's, it's, it's t- pretty tame. But if it's deemed questionable at the time, I could still protect my children from hearing this until they're at a point to where I think they may understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seemed like he was being more, he was being responsible with his art <laughs> around his yeah. children, mm-hmm. but some parents feel like they can't. Yeah. Some uh, don't. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I, if you don't want them to hear, just don't just don't listen. I don't know. Like, I'm. It's just. And what's funny is, like, this reminds me of like, I think there are some. There are probably a lot of parents now that are that are our age, have their kids in the car, listening to, unedited. Oh yeah. Songs. A lot of the parents the I car, know they'll be like, and it don't matter, and they'll put on the kids' pop version, <laughs> <laughs> which is just funny to me. Um, uh, yeah. Because kids, you know, from what I've heard, at least I don't have kids, but, you know, you can say all the nice things in the world, say one profane thing, and that's what they're attached to. Yeah. <laughs> kids curse more than adults yeah. these days. That's well, what they're attached to, because they just, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, reminds me, I think I told you this story when I was in, um, I think I was in middle school, high school, and I was playing uh, football, and... I got a ride with one of my teammates. Um, his mom gave me a ride home. And she had just bought, I want to say it was like Master P. She had just Uh-oh. bought the album. Uh, <laughs> but that's what no one realized that Walmart was editing. You could only buy the edited version mm-hmm. at Walmart. And that's where she had bought the CD. Oh. I had never heard someone so upset that they got the edited version <laughs> of the More album. than Chris Rock when he yeah. bought the edited version. <laughs> and it was like, um, it depends on like what kind of edited version you get to where you don't want to get one with beeps where the words are bleeped out because that kind of just, you know, but you get the, not not the ones where it's just muted. You still hear this, the music, but it's just muted. Yeah. It was the one to where the words are in reverse. Oh, wow. You hear that in like every other word. <laughs> that is not enjoyable for people who don't know. It's not. That is not an enjoyable way to listen to music. But, um, 
yeah, she was so upset that she bought an edited version of an album. And, um, she probably stopped going to Walmart after that. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know if I've ever bought an edited version from Walmart. I can't remember. There is yeah. a, there is an unedited rap album I did buy from Walmart, and I wonder how it slipped by. <laughs> and that was uh, Black Eyed Peas' Elephunk. Mm. Oh, they probably were like, ah, oh, they can't do any wrong. And it's mostly clean, but not squeaky clean. Okay. Mm. Mostly clean. But that, uh, that like slipped by the Walmart sensors. Well, I have also <laughs> found, too, when it comes to radio edits, certain stations will edit certain words. And I wish I could remember, I think of an example, but like they'll edit it like on the rap station, but they won't edit it on the pop station because they don't know what the term means. Mm. And so a, a profane term gets by like, you know, they might like, what's the thought? They don't know what that is. It's edited in the, it's edited on the rap station, but it's not edited on the pop station because they don't know. Like until someone looks up like, Oh dude, we got to edit that. We got to edit that right. out. And I've heard that before, like on many stations where like they will let, a, they will let it slip in. I'm like, ooh, you can't play that. But it's a pop station. They don't know what the word means. Wow. And it was, and maybe, maybe then, or because these in hip hop language changes all the time, mm-hmm. um, was there a time to where if it was a pop song that had a rap feature, they would just totally yeah. edit out the a lot of times rap they verse. would. <laughs> like if you listen on Star ninety four to Waterfalls, Left Eye's rap is not in there. <coughs> wow, it is nowhere to be found. They just play the beat. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and I think they used to play Nothing on You, and it was just the hook over and over again. <laughs> it's Bruno Mars. Wow, yeah. There's but a few B, songs that song is B.O.B. featuring Brutal Bars. Right. There are a few the songs song that were all. like that. Like it would literally just be the hook and nothing else. And like they just played a couple times and like that's the song. And wow. People were apparently happy. Next up, nothing on you by Bruno Mars. <laughs> nut, nut, nut. Wait, can't play that part. <laughs> um, so in 1985, before the hearing ended. Uh, the RAAA agreed to put parental advisory labels at their own discretion. Mm. The generic, but um, very identifiable black and white label that we know of today. Okay. Mm. Um, many record stores refused to sell albums with the label, most notably Walmart, who still don't, and other limited others limited sales of those albums to adults. One of the albums to receive the parental advisory sticker was Frank Zappa's album, Jazz from Hell. Presumably for use of the word hell in the title of the album. But he also had a song called G-Spot Tornado. <laughs> but it's an instrumental. Was that porn? Did they have porn wars on it too? Or am I thinking of another? Uh, that was a different album. Different album. Okay, never mind. My guitar wants to kill your mama. Was that on? <laughs> it probably would have been violence. <laughs> uh, I wonder if you think of this, like some people thought that the sticker would increase album sales. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind, and Fire said, for the most part, the sticker might sell, might even sell more records in some areas. All you got to do is tell somebody this is a no-no, and then that's what they want to go see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice-T's Freedom of Speech 
Uh, song says, hey, PMRC, you stupid fucking assholes. <laughs> the sticker on the record is what makes them sell gold. Can't you see, you alcoholic idiots? The more you try to suppress us, the larger we get. This is yeah. the same dude yeah. who's on Law & Order SVU right now, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, this is Detective <laughs> Tutuola. <laughs> and uh, the Furnace Face song, has, they have a song called We Love You Tipper Gore. Mm. Suggests that the label only wets my appetite, only makes us want to hear it that much more. Yeah. Wow. People want, they, they want to get what is considered, quote unquote, forbidden. You know? Yeah. Like artists said, like some people thought it was going to hurt. It made, especially to like suburban kids, oh God, like that, that's street cred. Right. Especially if you're the kid on the block that has the, you know, the Ice Cube record that's unedited and your parents, and like, you know, your parents don't know you got it or something or you got parents that just don't care for some reason and you got it. Like you're the cool kid now. Yeah. It's hilarious. Like, yeah, you helped. Thanks. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Jay? Do you think that like the sticker would increase sales? Like what yeah. if like day you were you know, a teenager and at that time, 1985 and you know about this sticker, but it's on an album that, you know, you're interested in with like, would you be more interested in buying it because it was you knew it was had explicit lyrics on it? And well, I could probably speak from personal experience. I, I think I actually would, because listening to edited CDs, I, I can remember one album specifically, and this one was probably this century. It was Ti's Urban Legend album, and there was a specific skit on the album that I'd heard previously from an unedited version, but I somehow got an edited version from Walmart <laughs> and the skit wasn't there. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, I, I just feel like it, it takes a, and it's hard to, to say it because to think of curse words as quality in a way, but I think it takes away <laughs> a bit from the, the quality of the music in my opinion, because you're not getting what the artist originally, originally intended for us to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, does it boost sales? In a way, it can. I, I guess back then, I think it was a big um, probably marketing or, or strategy ploy for NWA. It might have helped them. It might have helped, mm-hmm. you know, the Chronic or probably a lot of the stuff in the early 90s, the Masterpiece, mm-hmm. the, the, the Cash Money records when they first came out. It might have helped. Who knows? But I don't know. I... I I can say this: I do prefer my music with the uh, the label on it. Mm. Well, the unedited. It, if you think about it, too, I mean, it it almost kind of tells you what to buy. So if you're looking for to be edgy, right? This is a map. <laughs> yeah, like this is an identifier. Like back in the day, you probably had to like, man, what's edgy? Like now, I just look for the little black and white sticker. Yeah, and I know what to get. I know it's going to be edgy. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I'm going to like it, but I know it's going to be edgy. <laughs> right. Um, and this ha- this happens not only with like the music itself, but you know there are a couple of cases in which there is a questionable album title, a questionable not to us but to whoever feels like they could they get to censor this. Um, if you remember, Nas had an album which is was later just called Untitled, yeah. But he's gonna call it Nigger, yeah, the Ninja album, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be funny to hear like news outlets saying it, yeah. saying that like Nas is the Ninja album. <laughs> <laughs> just having to change it. To He's ninja. like, can I, can I, can I say this? 
I can't. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be like an accident because you, they read off the teleprompter. They have their script. So <laughs> someone someone typed in ninja. They typed yeah. in the word ninja. Right. So Nas's new album, the Ninja album, he has a that's another album. I thought he just I thought he came up with a different one. Well, what was the other one called? Can't say I what can't that losing my job. I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the black guy who's the weatherman. You mean the nigger album? <laughs> right. <laughs> He's got a... Ron Burgundy would just say it. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't even pause. <laughs> if you if if it was typed on there, he would. Oh say yeah, he it. said, you if know, Ron says whatever's on the teleprompter. On the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> he would say it. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So. Deef, uh, so that was, that was a that was a case of um, with album titles. There's also hmm, there was a uh, plenty of songs that reference the PMRC. Um, a lot of a lot of artists were not happy mm-hmm. uh, with this. Uh, Ice T is one of them. Uh, Warrant, <laughs> uh, Sonic Youth, uh, Rage Against the Machine. KMFDM had a song called Sucks and it has the lyrics our records have stickers with a warning from Tipper because they're no good for kids if we get her we'd strip her wow KMFDM is pretty hardcore that's a very hard that's yeah imagine like a harder nine inch nails yeah (laughs) like it's I like them but it's really (laughs) really (laughs) that's a good lyric (laughs) um Eminem on his song White America says to burn the flag or replace it with the parental advisory sticker to spit liquor in the faces of this democracy of hypocrisy. Fuck you, Miss Cheney. Fuck you, Tipper Gore. Wow. <coughs> that was like 20 years later, man. Eminem still. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, so we still have the parental advisory sticker today. Um. Oh, the name of that movie um, that was on VH1 is called Warning Parental Advisory. Mm. Uh, D. Snyder plays himself. <laughs> uh, it has uh, Griffin Dunn as Frank Zappa, Mariel Hemingway as Tipper Gore. Um, and Jason Priestley is in it. Uh, that's the only other name I recognize. Is it self or who's you? <laughs> but it came out in 2002. It plays someone named Charlie Burner. Okay. Um. D, yeah, D. Snyder plays himself. This came out in 2002, and it was a VH1 original movie. I don't know the last time it ever aired. <laughs> <coughs> this would be a really boring country if a lot of these things came to pass. Yeah, yeah it came to pass. Uh, I mean, I I would say all artists, you know, continue to be rebellious, continue mm-hmm. to not conform to you know society's standards. I I just don't think they're fair, or even real realistic at all. Yeah. Here's a, another interesting <clears throat> connection: the guy who directed this film also directed uh, Mean Girls. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. So uh, we have that. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to add about this uh, this little sticker? 
I mean, so like Jay said, I'm, I'm very glad that they did stick the course. The, the I think the biggest thing to be said here is that um, it wasn't one of those things where, because I mean, if you think about, you know, pre-code Hollywood versus post-code Hollywood, like they kind of went with it. They have a they have a a rating system, and to this day, I feel like it's getting more lax. Well, actually, well, I don't, I don't, because sometimes I feel like it's getting more lax, but then sometimes you go back in the '80s, you look at a PG movie, you're like, how did that? How was that PG? Right. Um, like you know, Disney has their code, I, and I didn't realize this. You cannot smoke on screen. Hmm. Like that's a part of the Disney code, unless it is an historical figure, and that's integral to their, you know, their portrayal. Right. Otherwise, you can't smoke on screen. So, one thing I'm glad that the music industry did, like, okay, yeah, did they did the RAA? I'm not going to blame the RAA. The RAA, the RAA is stupid. They stew their fans. They're stupid. But musicians, songwriters, they didn't stop. You know, all of a sudden, out of fear of not selling music, they didn't just stop. They continued doing what they what they do. Right. You know, whereas. And the movie industry, for the most part, kind of coalesced and was like, all right, we'll, you know, we'll do it because we want to sell. But like the music industry, all right, yeah, put it on my, put it on there. It's going to sell more. I'm not going to stop expressing myself. I'm not going to stop making the music I want to make. And for that, I give them a lot of respect. I don't blame the RAAA, though. As we have seen, they all, they always make the wrong decision. They do. That's just them. Like no other industry is going to just straight up sue their fans. They just make bad mistakes. Yeah, they do. So, I don't blame them for this one. <laughs> Anything from you, Jay? Oh, I think Ben summed it up perfectly. Uh, the the sticker, it's... I guess, in a, in a way, we could probably thank Tipper Gore. Because, the, you know, everything became more aggressive, more vulgar, mm-hmm. more, you know, more profane. However you want to say it. Everything, in a sense, changed. I guess... Maybe she opened our eyes, and well, I can't give her credit for anything, but <laughs> maybe um don't try too hard right <laughs> i I guess in that sense, well, I will give the industry credit in this way, they sort of policed themselves, mm-hmm. they got up ahead of it and said, "You know what, instead of you know the government things being regulated federally, let's go ahead and mm-hmm. slap this sticker on it that way we can have some sort of control mm-hmm. but Hey, I don't, I don't think it made any difference. The sticker, no, at it's all. like a, it's like a person at the movie who's letting in underage kids to R-rated movies. Yeah, like I've, I've bought, I bought plenty of parental advisory. Not to mention, as a, and I'm black, as a black kid, my parents were happy that I was listening to rock music because to them, rock music wasn't profane. As I'm purchasing "Follow the Leader" by Corn. <laughs> To them, it's like, well, at least he's not listening to gangster rap. Like, yeah, mom, this isn't much better. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's that that always kind of, you know, made me laugh. And yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, thanks, Tipper, I guess. <laughs> For me, it was just a symbol of, okay, this is the real version. Yeah. It's the real deal. You know, because I, um, uh, I think I may have told the story on the podcast. I know Ben knows about this, but I won a couple of radio contests when I was in high school. And I got to, um, uh, I won two CDs. Hmm. So I got to go up to the station and pick out two CDs. Um, one time I got, uh, I was really into new metal. I, I, I really liked Limp Biscuit. Yeah. So Chocolate Starfish was in there. 
<laughs> I got that unedited. <laughs> the other one, uh, Bob's with her Baghdad was a big song at the time. Stay Cody was in there. Edited. Ooh. Ooh. So it's, it's funny. It's funny. Like, because I mean, I, while I did not own that one, I did own significant other. That's a pretty vulgar album. Yeah. <laughs> like lip biscuit and a lot of new metal was not clean. Mm-hmm. And like to a lot of, and I guess maybe just, I don't know if it's just black parents. Like that wasn't what scared them. It was rap, you know, but like, you know, the, the people who were supposed to be guarding it. it so like the, the masterpiece and yeah, lady. Right, but they weren't and, uh, stopping people from buying. Like I, said, I got a West Side Connection album. The world. Nobody yeah. stopped me. I bought Follow the Leader. Nobody stopped me. I bought Significant Other. Nobody stopped me. <laughs> and that's probably one angle we really didn't approach the conversation from. Like it, it was probably more of a racial thing. Yeah, and I thought anything. that initially. Well, at at the time here, at the time with this, the not 15. so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was definitely because so there there are no metal. rap songs on here. Yeah. It was mostly metal. But I think later in life, I think it did become more of a like people just assumed that rap only rap was, and people thought that rock. Well, yeah, had I mean, that, and that's where Two Live Crew comes in. Yeah, yeah, uh, because of what their lyrics were, you know, and I you would think at this time to where like their songs was like five years after this. Yeah. So, the sticker's already on there. Yeah. So, what's the problem? <laughs> That's kind of how I, how I thought of it. It's like, well, what's the problem? The sticker's already on there. What's the problem with people buying it? But then the issue became with the songs being performed in concert. Mm-hmm. And, and that was part of also what the PMRC was trying to police as well. Like, yeah. performing these songs in concert. Artists are going to try to like censor themselves mm-hmm. in concert. Now, yeah. now, now we're talking about free speech, yeah. right? Which is another whole other ball of wax yeah. yarn. <laughs> so I do find it funny because you mentioned, you know, it might be a race thing, and I do think in the '90s maybe it was more so that people thought that rock had cleaned up its act. But you think of a song like "Rape Me" by Nirvana. Or really wow. just think of anything off of... Well, they thought it cleaned up exactly because of what hair metal was. Yeah. But you look at an album like Nevermind, and I believe also In Utero, did not carry the label mm. at all. Although a song like Rape Me can be compared to, has lyrics comparable to what was on the Filthy 15, <laughs> yeah. but does not carry the you know the label. But then conversely, Blood Sugar Sex Magic <laughs> by the Red Hot Chili Peppers wow. does... Why? I, I think that record was less profane, if anything, than, I mean, like, other than what, Suck My Kiss? Wow. Which they took out the, you know, the word that you would think would make it dirty. <laughs> now, Nevermind is the album cover with the, the, with baby, the baby in the pool, right? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially child porn. So, <laughs> I mean, that should have had a sticker on it. Had nothing on there. So the track listing for Nevermind, which apparently was Kurt's least favorite album. Um, did it have rape me on there? No, it had Polly though, which was could I could see. So it had Smells Like Teen Spirit and Bloom, Come As You Are, Breed, Lithium, uh, Polly, Terminal Pissings, Drain You, which I could see as being Lounge Jack, Stay Away, On a Plane, Something in the Way. Let me see it if, if In Utero had one on there. I don't think In Utero did though. 
because they only really put out what two major labels. Yeah, I don't think In Utero didn't have it either. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess people just really thought, but the but all the new metal albums did. <laughs> they all yeah. had it. They they weren't gonna yeah. So because if there's rapping on it, okay, they had to have cursed a little bit. Yeah, and maybe that's the thought. I don't know. Like I'm not. I don't. I'm not even sure Lincoln Park did at all. I think Lincoln Park did. Although that was considered. I don't know if Mike Shinoda cursed at all. <laughs> well, he did say "filthy mouth," no excuse. Like he was like ashamed. Yeah. Like, sorry, guys. I guess the new label is the streaming companies like Spotify when they introduced that um that offensive language policy. Yeah, or whatever it was, and you know, s- several executives fought back against it. I guess that's the new. Well, because it, it came off as like the NFL's personal conduct policy, right? To where if you do something that has nothing to do with your music, but if you do something that is questionable or offensive, we can take action as far as our your content being on our platform. Hmm. But you're a streaming company and we, we have your content we have our content on your platform, you don't get to police what we do. Right. That's what they fought against. Mm-hmm. Uh because it had it it you know, taking uh, XXX Tentacion off the list has nothing to do with his music. Right. Taking R. Kelly off their list had nothing to do with his music. I mean, I can see both sides, how it's understandable. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with his music, though. Yeah. I mean, okay, you got to take Michael Jackson's music off. Right. He, uh, because of the accusations there. You got to take off Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. You got to take off Jerry really Lee Lewis. You really got to take out your little <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's not on there. It's not on hybrid theory. Even though there's some very dark themes on hybrid theory. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not on hybrid theory. For some reason, I keep seeing one that comes up with Minutes to Midnight, which was like their soft album. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for our discussion on the parental advisory sticker. Um, and uh, Jay, why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? Uh, this one is by um, Music Royalty. I I think um, <laughs> guy by the name of Stephen Marley. Ooh. Um, and this one is "You're Gonna Leave." It's actually the acoustic version, and I have to thank um, the good people at Luke Cage from the the TV show. Oh, the second season's out, isn't it? Yeah. I need to watch that. Stephen Marley actually performed this song. That's what I liked about that show. They would mm-hmm. put, like, really good artists. I think Chuck Charles Bradley was on there for one episode, wasn't he, in the first yeah. season? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was. I love that. Like, every week you had, well, not every week. It's not a weekly show, but every episode mm-hmm. you had someone new, and that was awesome. Yeah. Did you like the new season? I did. Do you have to watch The Defenders to know what's going on? I don't think so. Okay, because I could not stand Iron I couldn't get through Iron Fist. Iron Fist, he does make an appearance. He does? Yeah, he's on one or two episodes. Okay. I Maybe think. I'll just read the summary of Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> I got two episodes in, and just, this is boring. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to play You're Gonna Leave by Steve and Marley, the acoustic version. And we'll be right back.
Acoustic version by Stephen Marley from his album Mind Control Acoustic, which is the acoustic version of his album Mind so Control. Does he play this on the show? Mm-hmm. Okay. I bet it's like for, I, I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Gonna watch it. And uh, check it out on the second season of Luke Cage. Have you seen Luke Cage? I haven't watched the second season yet. Okay. No. I will. I binge watched the first season, so <laughs> no, it was. I, I mean, it was good. I want to, yeah, I definitely want to see the second. But I, I, I was like, man, I gotta, because I've tried to watch. I did not watch Jessica Jones. Me either. either. I just read up on that one. I, the only ones I've watched are Daredevil, and um, which is excellent. And then um, Luke Cage. I heard the Punisher was not good, so I'm apprehensive to watch that. Mm. Which is really sad because that's a good character. How do you not make a good Punisher show? But, right. Leave it to Marvel. <laughs> um, my uh, get to my earworm of the week. It is um, a song. Um, well, the person that it's credited to, he didn't sing it. He just produced it, and of course, I'm talking about Quincy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's from his album, The Dude. And let me pull up the, uh, here we go. Uh, it's actually a cover. Um, the person who on the, uh, sing on the track is his name. It goes by Dunye mm-hmm. and also has Patty Austin on background vocals. It's a song called I know Corita. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> It means uh, Corita of Love in Japanese. All right. <laughs> uh, it was a song. It was one of these like post-disco songs. 
And I love then, that. I love anything with post in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Quincy Jones put it on his album. So I'm going to play his version uh, from the dude. This is I Know Karita. And uh, here we go. That is I Know Karita by Quincy Jones. Just him. <laughs> I gotta find out who played bass on this song. Yeah. I feel like it was whichever Johnson brother plays bass. Oh, from uh, the Brothers Johnson? Yeah, I feel yeah. like it, whoever plays bass, it was him. Now I gotta find <laughs> out. I thought you were saying Ain't No Karita. This is, I, okay, yeah. It's, I mm. looked it up, but that bass line. Oh, well. Thumps. Co-producer. On, David uh, Foster, yeah, the David Foster. Wow, <laughs> who's married to uh, what's her name, Catherine McPhee? Yeah, yep, he just, yeah, wow, he ain't producing nothing for her. That's what our prediction is. <laughs> <laughs> she make a dope music, not, not produced by him at least. Yeah, how rich is that? It was Johnson, <laughs> it was him, yeah, see, it was Johnson. yeah. <laughs> God, he thought, who was on keyboards? Greg filling games? I don't know. I just Filling it games. just says I just I just I googled I know Karita Karita bass player and Lewis Johnson. It just came up. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Bruce Whedon engineered that. I wonder if he did. Um, the song. Yeah. Uh, what year was that? This was 1981. Yeah. He probably did. 
because I think he was doing just about all of Quincy stuff. Man, he he uh, was obsessed. It might have been Jerry Hay. <laughs> Jerry Hay, okay. He was obsessed with the with Louis. He thought he probably thought, man, this is the best bass player ever. <laughs> With Quincy ever. Jones, yeah. Oh, probably. Did he play? Did he have him play on um, Billie Jean? Oh, did he play on Billie Jean? I think it's he possible. played on Billie Jean. Like probably. he was in love with Louis Johnson. Probably. Louis <laughs> Johnson's gonna deliver. Is he still alive? He'll deliver the eulogy at his funeral. <laughs> he played on Billie Jean. He, yeah, of course. He played on Billie Jean. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was Greg good. Phil but like, Gaines played synthesizer. <laughs> no, Billy G. God, he just loves some Lewis Johnson, though. <sighs> okay, sorry. <laughs> it's funny. funny. That record would be way too musical for today's yeah. standards. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's funny is like, I saw the, I listened to the original version, and it has a music video. Like, wow. Music videos did not make sense. No. And they, well, they still don't, for the most part. But it was... Um, I guess it was like Kabuki, part Kabuki theater because two people had on like the all white makeup mm. and they were, I guess it was this green screen, but it was this house just spinning. And in the background is the ocean. Wow. And they're like, they're like fighting, but it's like really like choreographed stage fighting Um, to where like when they get to the chorus, the woman is slapping the guy and he's just spinning around and she's slapping him again. And wow. She's slapping him again. Um, but yeah, it was a, it's a very, it's a really strange video. Um, All right. But, uh, man, that's funny. It's funny as hell. <laughs> uh, that will bring us to the end of our program here. And, uh, Jay, we always say that if uh, we'll give you the option of if you want to be found, you can tell people where you want to be found. So if you want to be found, <laughs> where can people find you? Um, pretty well at this point. I only get on social media to look around. I never actually post, anything. post anything. So uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Wednesdays um, from seven to nine, eleven hundred AM radio. Um, was it iHeart? The iHeart Radio app. Find us there. Um, srcradio.com that's where you can find me now so that's, that's about it All or right. sit in traffic <laughs> <laughs> alright well Ben uh, where can we be found we can be found in your hearts <laughs> I tried alright so if you were if we were broadcasting live which sometimes we do <coughs> you could find us on Facebook live um, if for some reason, you're watching Facebook Live. I, I don't know how you would be doing that, but um, you found our Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, cool. Um, if not, you can go to facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. If you want to check out our website, you can go to by the time you hear this dot com um, blog style website. Both the um, both are spelled with the word you you. If you want to find us on um, Instagram or the gram, as the hip people call it. Um, you can find us at By the Time You Hear This, spelled with the letter U, and that is because we're urban. Yeah. And not under investigation. Nope. <laughs> and we don't color our flags wrong. Have you seen the picture? He didn't know how to color the American flag. Look it up. It's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's our president. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm distracted. <laughs> Um, so yeah um, check us out there oh, you can also email us at gmail.com with the same spelling by the time you you as in the you know the letter um, at gmail.com 
If you want to listen to us on the go or if you're trying to avoid the boss that always asks you to come in on the weekend or the coworker that says things that would get him in trouble with HR and mm. you d- you just don't want to like, bro, I'm not here for that. Like, that's not what I'm here for. Or if you're avoiding traffic, like we all do. Yeah. Uh, there's apps for that. You can check out the iTunes app on the iPhone, the Google Music app on any of your Android devices. Um, you can check us out on Podomatic. You can check us out on um, TuneIn Radio, Satchel Podcast Player, Auto Radio, Overcast Radio, CastBox, Listen Notes, which is the website where our good show notes are put to use. Props to Greg for putting those together. Um, and what, FM? Play.FM. Play.FM. You can also check us out there. Um, give us a rating. It, no, I'm going to copy the, the podcast I listen to. Go on there and give us a review. I know it sounds simple, but it helps us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. It's like, it sounds simple, but it helps us a lot. So, yeah, it does. You know, put it on there. Help us grow um, like the monsters on Power Rangers. Be our Rita. <laughs> Be our Rita. <laughs> All right, so uh, I felt it was appropriate uh, to end the show with we're not going to take it. I'm down with that. I meant to say earlier, the only thing that would have made Band in the USA better, because Bruce Springsteen gave them permission to use the sample, is if he sung on the song. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been even better. It's still not too late, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to end it with we're not going to take it. Um, But we hope you take this podcast with you and the rest of them. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Peace.